And so this morning we're going to, to talk about, uh, for a few minutes, about a situation found in the 10th chapter of Luke. And we're going to point out some things uh, in this series. Jesus many times has said, there's one thing. There's one thing that you lack. There's one thing that is needful. There's one thing. And, and when you look at the word one thing in, in the Greek, it talks about, and it means a resolution. Or a resolution or a solution. And he's pointing out things. And this morning we're going to talk about prioritizing our life. Prioritizing my life. You see, the Bible cares about us being in order. The Bible cares about our life not just being hectic. How many people would say your life is hectic? Coming into fall, kids going back to school and, and sports starting back up and you've got this and that and, and you're coming off the high of, of summer and it just seems like life can be hectic. And I'll be honest, this is a tough subject for me to preach on, prioritizing my life. Because a lot of times in my life, my own priorities can be messed up. You see, it's easy to, to, to get your priorities out of line. It is easy to start focusing on the wrong thing. It's easy to, to allow things that you should be doing that you don't do them. Because your priorities are messed up. In Luke chapter 10, verse 41 and 42, we see, And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful. Everybody say one thing. One thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. He said, one thing is needful. You see, Jesus shows up at the house of Mary and Martha. And it was a custom in those days that they would put out a, a big spread. They would put out and cook and, and have a, a big spread when somebody, a, a big thing of food. And so here Jesus is coming. And so she goes into the kitchen. Martha does. She goes into the kitchen. And Jesus and Mary sits down and washes Jesus' feet, which was also another custom. The reason they did that was because everywhere they went, they had sandals on. Their feet would get dirty. So when they came in, they would have their feet washed. So Mary washes his feet. Martha's in the kitchen cooking. But Mary stays there. After she finishes washing Jesus' feet, she stays there. And she begins to talk to them. Just to have a conversation. Jesus, how's it going? You know, he's like, well, you know, I sent out the 70. I told him to heal the sick. You know, the things that we read in, in the previous chapters. And, and Martha's in there and she's, you know, kneading the bread. She's trying to get the meal ready. And, and she becomes aggravated. And Jesus asked her to come over. Jesus said, at this point, you have a choice to make. You have a choice to make. How many people know life is filled with choices? Every day, we have choices to make. And the first thing that I want to bring to your attention this morning is that it's needful to set a healthy calendar. He said, one thing is needful. It's needful to set a healthy calendar. Here, both Mary and Martha had a choice. In this moment, what were they going to do? They had a choice. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12 says, I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. 
I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. In other words, he said, she had a right. We have a right to make certain choices. It's lawful, but it's not beneficial. There are certain choices that we make in our life that may not be the wrong choices, but they're just not beneficial. And when we begin to look at our calendars and we begin to to look at and we say, man, this has got to be done and that has got to be done. And, and, and my wife will sometimes sit down and, and those boxes on the, her calendar is completely filled. She can't add another thing. I say, you just have to write smaller. We've got to get all this stuff done. She came in the other day and, and was giving me post-it notes of when that she couldn't get Reese ready for school. I took them and stuck them on my computer monitor. Probably never to see them again. But we get so busy in life. How many people would say that, that you, there's more things to do than you have time for? It feels like. And there's so many good things. It's not that that, that stuff is bad. And it's so easy to justify any decision that we make. Any choice that we make. It would be, be easy for me right now. To neglect my family, to neglect my health, to neglect all these things because I'm busy doing the work of the Lord. You could justify that, right? But we have to learn that that there are priorities to put things into structural order. The right priorities. You say you're talking about a calendar. Is it even biblical? Well, look in Genesis chapter 1 verse 14. Then God said, let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, the days, and the years. The seasons, the days, and the year. I mean, here was God. He was setting a calendar. He was putting the calendar into place. The earth revolves around its axis for how long? 24 hours. That's a day. The moon takes 30 days to go around the earth. That's a month. The earth rotates around the sun. Man, I hope I'm getting this right. If I'm not, thank you. Thank you. I got a vote of confidence over here. The sun for one year. He created the calendar. It was a sign to you. He said, let there be seasons. We all have seasons. There's a season to sow. There's a season to reap. You have a season in your life that you're raising kids, maybe. There's seasons in your life, and those seasons will come and they will go. You say, well, where's the week? Well, God created that during creation. In six days, He created. On the seventh day, He rested. He modeled it with the way that He did creation. Something you need to know that, and tell yourself, my calendar is not what gets done, but it's who I become. My calendar is not what gets done, but it's who I become. We say, I've got this to do. I have to do this. I have to do that. And, and once that's done, I got to do this and I got to run here and I got to run there. And this kid's got to go to football practice. This guy, this girl, this daughter's got to go to dance. And, and, but, and we begin to do that, but we have to realize it's not what gets done. What we put on our calendar is who we will become. It is what will shape us. And there's three areas of of a healthy culture that we need to develop in our life. Faith, family, and work. Faith, 
family and work. God created Adam and he put him in the garden. And it said that he walked with him every day in the cool of the day. He had a set time. A set time that Adam and God spent together. And my first question to you is, is do you have a time that you meet with God? Do you have a set time every day that you meet with God? Because that's the first thing that we must do to develop a healthy culture, a healthy rhythm of life. You have to have a set time that you meet with Him. There's nothing more beneficial that you can pencil into your calendar than spending time with God. Take 20 minutes to read the Bible. Come to church every week. Not four or five, one out of every four or five like the average American does. Give God an hour of your life every week by coming here. Sign up for a small group, put it on your calendar. It'll make a difference in your life. When we first really got into to life groups and, and we began to, to look at the way that, 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 that we were impressed and felt that they would benefit and how important and vital they are to the health of a church, we began to look at it. And one of the first ones that, that came about was, was Rooted. And that's going through the Bible, just systematically reading a book a week coming together and just talking about it. They came to me and said, we'd like to do this. We'd like to do it in our home. Uh, and, and so they began to do it. It was a completely new concept to me. But I watched. I took a step back and I watched. And there were people that every Sunday they were committed to doing that. Every Sunday they would get together. And guess what happened? When they put that on their calendar... When they started and they said, I'm going to do this every week, I'm going to read and then I'm going to go talk about it, I'm going to give it an an hour a week to do this, those people's lives were changed. I watched spiritual growth in a matter of time that I had never seen in my life from me getting up and preaching like this on a Sunday morning. Because they were marking a time on their calendar. They said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a commitment. I'm going to put it on my calendar. I'm going to do it no matter what. I'm going to put God first. And then their life began to change. You could just tell it. You could see a difference. You have to put your faith on a calendar. You've got to put it first. You've got to say, God, I'm going to do this. It's important. God, I'm going to to seek you first. I'm going to, when I'm looking at my priorities, I'm going to say that this is the most important thing that I can be doing. Spending time with the God who created the universe. Secondly, you've got to put your family. If you want to develop a healthy rhythm in life, a healthy culture, you've got to put your family on your calendar. You've got to take time to spend with your wife, to spend with your children, to spend with your grandchildren. As I said earlier, just being very transparent with us, the church is growing. I mean, if you look around, there's new faces everywhere. 
Some of the people that have been here forever, they'll come in and say, I, I didn't know half the people there this morning. I say, well, it's your job. Get to know them. We're getting a new building, trying to, to renovate it and, and, and to make it into to what we need it to be. It would be so easy. And I'll be honest, right in the middle of the summer, I about hit a wall. I was just like, man, this is just too much. This is just too much. But then I'm going to realize my priorities were out of order. My priorities were messed up. And when your priorities get out of order, I was putting my work, which is not a bad thing, it has to be done. What Martha was doing was not a bad thing. It had to be done, but it was out of order. And when I began to realize that, and my mom looked at me, she called me one Sunday after church. She said, I'm going to tell you something. She said, you have got to take a day off a week. You have to. My first response was, am I looking that old? She said, yes. (laughs) Nothing like the honesty of a mother. But she could tell it was beginning to wear on me. Everything, I was like, it has to be done, this has to be done, that has to be done. She said, you got to take a day. Shut down. Don't think about church. Don't think about sermons. Take a sacred day. Spend some time with your family. We start talking about, when we talk about around here, date night. If you, if, you want, if you want any information on date night, talk to Jerry Dickerson. He can give you all the information about date night. It's not going to be missed in his household. And I sort of make fun of him, but it's beneficial. It's important. And he said, you need to take your wife out. He said, don't, don't take any, any of her friends. I'm like, man. He said, don't talk about sermons. Don't talk about church. We sat there for like 50 minutes just looking at each other. We didn't know what to talk about. <laughs> Finally, we broke down and started talking about church. We went back up, pick up Reese. He said, how did it go? Did you uh, talk about church? Yes, Jerry, we did. And what else is there to talk about, right? We felt lost. But we have to find a, a healthy rhythm. People are going to ask you to do things, good things. Hey, I need you to come do this. I need you to do, can you do this? Can you do that? People can get upset. Why could, well, you know, it was only one day. Why couldn't you have come and helped that? Why couldn't you come and, and taken care of that? Why couldn't you have been there? But I begin to realize that, that you, you can't be everywhere. You can't do everything. And, and we're not just talking about me. We're talking about you. Because you have the same things pulling at you. And you have to realize that faith is first. Family is second. Then work. Proverbs chapter 16 verse 7 says, When people's lives please the Lord, even their enemies are at peace with them. Even when people think that you should be doing things that, that you're not doing. When your life is in order. When you're pleasing God, it says that even those people have to be at peace with you. They have to be at peace with you. There's people that don't see things the same way that you do. 
We've got to protect our priorities. We have to see what is beneficial. We have to to realize that we have to take care of ourselves physically and spiritually and mentally and emotionally. We have to, to be willing to put it on our calendar. Put small groups on your calendar. You want to make friends? You want to feel like that? You can't do life alone. Life is better together. There's a time for that. Last night, we, uh, just a few of us, we have um, a big Giants fan over here. I don't know how in the world you live in Ashland, Kentucky and become a fan of a team all the way out in San Francisco. I think his priorities are messed up. Everybody else in the world here out here are Reds fans. I call him a bandwagoner. All he wanted to say was, we've won three championships in the last how many years? He don't know. He can't remember. It's been so long. They got their brains beat in last night. But just four of us just... And I began to think about it. I was like, man, I'm not going to get back. The game didn't start until 10 after 7. There's nothing worse than driving all the way up there and all the way back and then losing. Is there, Steve? <laughs> and so I waffled around. They was like, you know, you need to order the tickets. You need to order the tickets. And, and, and Wednesday night, he said, are you going? I was like, I don't know. Because I was sitting there thinking, man, I just, I, I don't want to do it. But then I thought, you know what? It's more for the fellowship. Even if we lose, we'll get a hot dog out of it. We went. We had a great time. I didn't get home till after, I don't know. I didn't get in bed until after 2 o'clock this morning. But it was worth it. Why? Because I was able, I put it on my calendar. I took my family out earlier. We went to lunch. Put them first. And got up, yesterday's a perfect example. I got up in the morning, sat at the table, read, prayed. We went out to eat with the family. Then I uh, went and had fellowship with my friends. But it just creates a perfect, healthy rhythm in life. Put it on your calendar. If you don't, you're going to always go to the loudest voice. You're always going to run to, you ever heard the squeaky wheel gets the grease? If you don't put it on your calendar, you're going to just run around putting out fires all the time. A healthy priority, setting a healthy calendar. It's needful. Secondly, it's needful. Be present. Be present. Be present in the moment. Here Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet. She is present in the moment. She is there. She's realizing. Martha's in the kitchen. Now a lot of times we, we visualize this or we represent this as work versus worship. Mary is worshiping. Martha's working. But it's not really. Because both of those are needful. We have to have work. We just talked about it. You have to have work. You have to have worship. But it's all about the moment. It's not about being an introvert versus an extrovert. It's, it's, it's relationship. It's in the moment. It's being present. And it's tough for us because we're always thinking about the next thing. Anybody guilty of that? You ever met somebody that, that you're talking to them, but they're looking over your shoulder, looking at somebody else? Jerry gets on to me all the time about that too. Man, he keeps me straight. He'll come in and I'll shake his hand and I'm looking around, see who's new. And he's like, hey, look at me. I'm right here. 
Man, I'd hate to grow up in his home. Poor Luke and Macy. Creston. Brooke. I knew I was missing one. But we're always thinking about the next thing. And I'm saying we have to realize that it's needful to be present in the moment where you are. And I think God is showing us that here. That Mary is present and Martha isn't. In the moment that you're there with your wife, be there. There's times that she's talking something and we're driving down the road and I'm thinking about something else, what all needs to be done. And, and she'll ask me a question and, and I'm just sitting there, you know, thinking and, and, and I'm zoned out. No idea what she's talking about. Always thinking about something else. I'm not listening. Man, I'm preaching to myself this morning. I'm feeling better whether you are or not. I'm trying to get better. Go to lunch with people. Phone rings. Text messages. I convinced my wife. I was like, I need an Apple Watch. So that when somebody messages me that I'm not rude and have to pick up my phone and, and see who it is. You know, that I can be present. I'm really not present, but I want it to look like I'm present. Because I can just, you know, like that. The problem with that is, you know what happens? Somebody's talking and you get a message, you look at it and they think you're telling them you got to go. It's time. <laughs> Would you shut up already? But be present. Mary was present with the Lord. She realized this was an opportunity. She realized the moment she was present. Don't sacrifice the now for the next. Don't sacrifice the now for the next. The problem is, is we never live in the now. We're always living in the next. Matthew chapter 6 verse 34 says, Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. He said, Don't worry about tomorrow. Be in the moment. Be present. Be in the situation. When you're with God, turn everything off. Be with God. When you're with your wife or your kids, be with your wife and your kids. Because let me tell you, we've probably got some people here who are suffering from the empty nest syndrome. And you look back and you think, man, I wish I would have. You see it all the time. You hear people say, I wish I would have spent more time with my kids. I wish I would have spent more time in the season, in the moment, being present. I look at Reese and, and I see how fast she's grown up. And I think, man, where has time went? We've all been there. Where has it went? Be present in the moment. Be focused. Because being focused and being present will make us perceptive to people's needs. Discern what people needs. You see, in this moment, Jesus, he wasn't wanting food. He was wanting friendship. Mary recognized that. And too many times we are not in the moment. And when we're not in the moment, when we're not present, things that we should be discerning and things that we should see, needs that people have, we overlook them because we're not in the moment, but we're looking to the next thing. 
I mean, how often did Jesus go to Bethany? How often did He go to their house? We see in John chapter 11, John chapter 12, Luke chapter 10. You know, Jesus, I'm just coming over. I'm coming over to you guys' house. Mary recognized it. She recognized the importance of relationships. The importance of being in the moment. When you're at work, be at work. Figure out what, your, what it is that your boss needs, that he wants, she wants. Be present in the moment. When you're at home, you know, be in the moment. If the trash is, man, if the trash is overflowing, be present, realize it. Now, I'm guilty. I just see how much I can, we, need a, we can't afford a trash compactor, so that's me. How much can we get in this bag before I have to pull it out? But there's needs, that, that emotional needs, that, that, that you know, your wife's going through something, your husband's going through something. And if we're not aware of and present in the moment, they'll be crying out for help and we'll never know it. We'll never realize it. Psalm chapter 51 verse 16 and 17 says this, For you do not desire sacrifice or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. David here is realizing what it is that God desires, what he wants. He wants a a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. He said, you're not wanting sacrifice. David was realizing, he was in the moment, he realized what God truly wanted and what he truly needed. When you're in the room, be in the room. Be fully engaged. Next, it's needful. Don't give your best to the wrong thing. Don't give your best to the wrong thing. When we go back and look at Luke chapter 10 in this story, we see that he said, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. I believe that You ever been somewhere and you're the one doing all the work and everybody else just sitting around talking? Oh, man. Aggravating, isn't it? If you just shut up and work, we could get out of here. But here he said, you're troubled about many things. I mean, probably you you become bitter about that, right? Nobody else wants to do anything around here, just standing around talking. I'm going to, you know, wives... Your husband's sitting there on the couch. Man, I'm all over the men today. Feet propped up. You're running around, taking care of the kids, doing this. And you just, you know, you become bitter. Now I get on the wives. You know what? There's some days that that laundry will wait. There's some days that your work, the things that you think you have to get done around there, It's more important just to sit down on the couch beside your husband. Spend time. I I tell Christy all the time, it'll wait. It'll wait. Three weeks later, I'm saying, it'll wait. That would be me, right, men? When we can't get to our bed anymore, we think, well, maybe it's time to do something about this. But you become bitter... 
but really, I think that sometimes it's that maybe you're more angry at yourself for not being the type of person that can get your priorities right. You're not really bitter at that person, that other person. You know, you're thinking, man, I spend 70 hours a week in the office or, I, you know, I'm doing this or I'm doing that. Why aren't you doing it? But, but in reality, I believe that many times you're, you're upset at yourself for not being able to do. I think Martha could have been a little upset at herself because she didn't have the, the ability to prioritize her life and realize that Jesus was wanting relationship. He was wanting friendship. He was just wanting her to be in the moment. So you become mad at yourself and upset at yourself because you can't set your priorities. We read, and and when we talk about Jacob and Esau, Esau was bitter because of what he sold. He had the wrong priority. He thought that that what he was selling his birthright for was important. It was a bowl of soup. Became upset. Was he upset at his brother? Probably upset at himself for making the wrong choice. For not realizing that, that his birthright was worth more than a bowl of soup. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15 through 17 says, Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Make sure that no one is immoral or godless like Esau who traded his birthright as the firstborn son for a single meal. You know that, after, you know that afterward, when he wanted his father's blessings, he was rejected. It was too late for repentance, even though he begged with, with bitter tears. You see, he realized that what he had given away, he couldn't get it back. And too many times we exchange and we give our best to the wrong thing and we exchange things and we can't get them back. Those years of having time with your children... Or having time with, with, with your wife, those younger years, or, or those times in your older years, you, you're not going to get them back. And don't let one steal from the other. Live with a healthy calendar. Put the right things in it. Realize who you want to become. Be present in the moment. Don't give your best to the wrong thing. You ever watch these... Um, Shows that where somebody will pick up something at a garage sale for, you know, 10 cents. And then they'll take it somewhere. You know, these, these people are everywhere. I mean, they go around looking, trying to see who they can find, what, what they can find that's worth something. And then they can take it and realize, you know, and somebody buys something for 10 cents and they realize it's like worth $45,000. You know, they've got these shows. Anybody, I don't even know what it's called. Anybody? Come on, somebody. Whatever. What is it? One my dad watches. Okay. <laughs> dad, if you're watching, can you tell me right here? But, and I'm always thinking, man, you know, this person's all excited for, for the $40,000 that, you know, that they bought for 10 cents. My grandpa used to be that person. He'd go around and that's all he would do. He'd, Get something every time we go over to his house, he'd go back to the anything room. That's what it was called. You know why? Because you were liable to find anything. And he'd come out and say, Look at these pretties I got. Look at these treasures. Wow, you could get three dollars a piece for those. 
You know how much I got them for? They paid me to take them. <coughs> but here we are, and, and I'm always thinking, man, that person's happy, but I, I wonder if that person that sold it for 10 cents is watching this and realizing that they exchanged something. They had something that was worth more, and they exchanged it for a lot less. Ecclesiastes 4 and 6 says, And yet better to have one handful with quietness than two handfuls with hard work and chasing the wind. Realize what you have. Don't always be going after the next. Don't exchange it for the wrong thing. Lastly, it's needful. Make memories. Make memories. It's what lasts. Over the last few years, we've begun to realize that. And we can spend all our time chasing the wind and and buying this and buying that. But when it comes down to it, that stuff means nothing. Come on, guys, you know it. Your, your, your kid, you know, your child, they want something for Christmas. And you, you, know, you work and you, you beat people up on Black Friday to try to get it. And, and, and you give it to them on Christmas Day. They're so excited. And then two days later, you can't even find it. Where's that toy that I almost went to jail over? <laughs> I don't know. Then we come to a point and... But what is it that Reese remembers? It's the memories. It's needful. It's what's going to last. You want a healthy rhythm of life? Don't be chasing after the wind. Don't be chasing after the next thing. Make memories. See, Jesus would, would go to Mary's house... In John chapter 12, he loved these people. Mary, Martha, Lazarus, he loved them. And there was a point in time that we read in, in chapter John chapter 12 that Mary poured out fragrance on his feet. I was listening to someone, they were talking about that situation, and, and they said, what is it? There's certain smells that bring back memories. There's certain smells that, you know, when something smells like mothballs, you think of your grandparents' house. When I walked into our Pollard campus for the first time, brought back some memories that smell man I've been here before but it brings back memories and as she poured this fragrance on Jesus' feet people become upset what are you doing don't you know that you could have Judas said don't you know you could have sold that and you could have she didn't care. And after Jesus was gone, I wonder how many times that, that she would smell that fragrance. She would walk by and she would smell that fragrance and she would, it would bring back a memory. 
for sitting at his feet. Bring back a memory of all the conversations that they had. Just being present in the moment. Sure, she could have taken that fragrance and sold it and did this and that with it. But she realized at that moment, making memories. We all have seasons. Don't miss your moment. Don't miss your moment. When Judas became upset, Jesus looked at him and looked at them. In verse 8, chapter 12, he said, You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. There's a season for everything. If we could ever learn to get our priorities straight. Too many times we spend our life chasing the thing way back here. Let's just be honest. A lot of times in today's society, we have our priorities completely backward. It's work, family, faith completely backward but chasing that thing got bills to pay right I'm not preaching against work what I'm saying is is priorities faith family everything else what did Jesus say? He said, love God love people. Faith, family, everything else. You may be here this morning and you may say, I've never given my life to Christ. My priorities are a mess. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I would ask you if there's anyone here you would say pastor I have never truly made a commitment to put Christ to put God first in my life just slip your hand up I want my I want to leave here today with my priorities in order I want to find a healthy rhythm thank you God sees your hand And all God is saying is, just put me first. Put me first. If you've been here at all, you've heard me say it a million times. My favorite verse, my life verse. Seek first the kingdom of God. He'll give you everything else you need. Anyone else? I want to leave here with my priorities in order. Thank you. God sees your hands. Now is the time of salvation. Now is the moment. He's brought you here this for a reason and for a purpose. It's not an accident. You just didn't happen to wander in here. Now is the time. Anyone else? You may be here this morning and say, Pastor, I, have, I am as guilty 
I'm guilty. My priorities are messed up. I'm, I've to, I'm trusting in Christ. I've got faith in there somewhere. But it's not first. It's second or it's third or it's whenever I can. You might say, Pastor, I'm, my family is suffering because I'm putting other things before them, before my wife, before my kids. If that's you, just thank you before I can even get it out. Why? Because God's moving. Thank you. Holy Spirit, speak in this place. Speak to hearts. A healthy calendar. Our priorities. Anyone else? My priorities are out of order. Thank you. Thank you. My hand's going up. Pastor, you can't do that. Oh, yes, I can. Human. Martha wasn't a bad person. Martha loved Jesus just as much as Mary did. She was just, her priorities were messed up. Anyone else? I'm going to ask you to stand all over this place. Thank you. Hands are going up all across this auditorium. If you're here this morning and you raised your hand that you had never truly trusted God as a church we're going to pray we're going to pray this prayer and I ask you to pray it with us God has told us in his word he said if you will believe with 